Being Polish in World War II wasn't exactly a barrel of laughs. To kick off the war in 1939, Nazi Germany invaded the country. And little more than two weeks later, the Soviet Union did the same. Many men were taken prisoner and sent to prisoner of war camps. As the war progressed and the Polish were released from their oppression, stories began to emerge of a six-foot, 220-kilogram, beer-drinking, cigarette-smoking mountain soldier that had joined the front lines. He struck fear into the hearts of enemies at the very sight of him and sent them scattering in retreat. What sort of man is that intimidating, you might ask? Thor. Well, he was no man at all. This is the story of Corporal Warcheck. Oh, it's a bear. Is it a bear? The Syrian brown bear of the yeah. Polish 22nd Artillery yeah. Supply Company. Yes, yes. Well, boy, uh, you have immediately picked the story. Yeah, you know I, this one. I kind of know a little bit of I knew there was a bear. I don't know the like, yeah. actual, so I'm, I'm really keen to hear this. Yeah. I love this story. Yeah. And it, it's a wild one. Get it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am excited to tell oh, you this that's one. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of like- Super cute stuff in this one. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't start real cute. No. <laughs> it started very serious. Um, and that's right. We're going back to one of our favorite topics. World, World War II. II. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to push, yeah. I'm gonna push my next week's episode back a bit because it's going to be on World War II. <laughs> there, there, there was another topic that I wanted to cover this week. Also World War II. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's actually funny that you bring that up because I- when you started speaking, I thought you were going a different direction. I listened to another podcast uh, this week. Yep. Black Box Down. Yep. And yeah, their topic was had very much to do with what you started with, with the Germans invading Poland yeah. and then the Soviet Union invading yeah. Poland because there was a plane crash. When the um, Polish president was going to a memorial. Memorial for pretty much what that yeah. happened when the Soviet Union invaded Poland. They massacred 70 yeah. odd high ranking military and scientists um and so yeah just i was like is he doing the black box down episode and i'm like no he's doing the bear i'm doing the bear I'm doing the bear yeah um well before we get too far yeah. into it um i don't know some people may not have heard have you got, our, have you got me i have got me oh you got me <laughs> Some people may not have heard our St. Olga episode, uh, but we did talk about mead in that episode. <laughs> and I did bring up Thor. <laughs> and we, we found that we could purchase some mead. Yes. Um, so, boy, if you wouldn't mind, uh, just grab that glass of mead on the table over there. Sure. Okay. So, boy, you've got your glass. Yes. Um, thanks to Adam for sourcing this for us. Oh, Adam, did he really? He happened to be at Dan Murphy's and asked if I wanted anything on Origin Night, and I was like, Actually, I don't want to bother looking for that. <laughs> so he, Get me my mead. <laughs> he went and found it for us. Um, so, yeah, neither of us have ever had mead. I don't know many people who have. Thank you, uh, Adam. This is Maxwell Honey Mead. Yeah. So let's give this a try. It smells like, smells like wine. It does smell a bit like wine. Yeah. Now, we looked up the uh, percentages on the bottle, didn't we? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, so, I got a 750 ml bottle. I assumed it would be like beer. And that we'd oh, be having so every hundred mil, hundred mil is a hundred mil is a drink. It's seven point five standard drinks. Twelve. How, how big are these glasses? Uh, they're like uh, I think they're three fifties or no, I think they're. You can fit a can in this, so three seventy five ish. And we've got about half a glass, so we've yeah. got like one and a half. <laughs> All right, let's give it a try. Another. That's good. I like. Yeah, that. it's like honey wine. Well, that can you taste the honey? Yeah, I can. That's yeah. Wow. 
You say it's honey wine. That's literally what it, it is. It is literally <laughs> honey wine. Yeah. I thought it would be more like beer. Uh, like more hoppy or- I, Yeah, I don't know. I, I oh. don't know what I expected, but it's good, isn't it? I can really taste the the honey on the, the yeah. aftertaste, like the exhale. Yeah. It's mm, it's really smooth. It's really good. Oh. It's like- I can see why people back in the day just yeah. got absolutely sloshed on yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I can see how they ended up getting beheaded by all of Olga's men. Oh, that's good. I could just, just down that just like that. That is oh, dangerous. Man, that's so good. They had big yeah. jugs of I it. I mean, when you got nothing to do the next day, what else are you going to do? All right, all right. Boy, so the mead ties into the episode because bears like honey. Bears do like, yep, bears like honey. And we can talk about Winnie the Pooh because he is in the public domain now. So suck on that, Disney, unless we talk about your version of, oh, okay. <laughs> of Winnie the Pooh. We can do whatever we want. So let's um dip on into that honey pot, boy, and tell me your story. Yeah, let's tear into this one because bears have the claws. Okay, yeah, Arr. it's a bit of a stretch, but Arr. how did the Polish army get a bear anyway? Oh, I'm going to assume it was a circus animal. Wrong. So, as I said in the introduction, World War II is largely considered to have kicked off with the Nazis of Germany invading Poland on September 1st, 1939, with the Soviet Union following closely behind on the 17th of September. Germany and... What? I'm just just enjoying this mead. (laughs) It's really good. I I might become a mead drinker. (laughs) I was just thinking that. I was like, I could could drink this every day. Yeah, go to a party, bottle of mead. Germany and the Soviet Union had signed a non-aggression pact known as the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact, which essentially was an agreement between the two countries to not ally or aid an enemy of the other, the other, the other, and and agreed to a new border in Poland that would split the land up between Germany and the Soviets. In total, 400,000 Polish prisoners were taken and sent to work camps in Siberia. As we may cover in a future episode, this non- Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say- Love how you waited till I started yeah, no, talking. No. I was I was processing. <laughs> I was still riding the high of the mead. Um, <laughs> doesn't really get caught taught. Doesn't really get taught when you think about what like the start of yeah. World War Two. Like you don't really get taught too much that Germany and the Soviet Union had a <laughs> had a pact. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they had a, they had a truce. Yeah, because. Um, What's his name? The Soviet guy. Um, uh, Stalin. Star- yeah. Stalin considered Hitler to be like a close friend. Yeah, right. He, he like really liked him, really trusted him. Yeah. All, all you get taught nowadays is just the meat grinder of- Yeah. That was the Eastern Front. Yeah. Yeah. Germans tried to hold off the Soviet Union and the Soviet Union just yeah. threw troops at the problem. So as as we might cover in a future episode, this non-aggression pact that we're talking about did not last. Um, two years later, in June of 1941, Hitler ordered the invasion of the Soviet Union through Operation Barbarossa. Now, while eventually we know this ended badly for the Germans, the Soviet leader, the Soviet leader Joseph Stalin, is said to have been deeply hurt by Hitler's betrayal, and he would request the release of the Polish soldiers who had been taken prisoner two years earlier, so that they might join the war effort against the Nazis. In that Operation Barbarossa, between the Soviet Union and the Nazis, it was 7.5 million deaths. Ooh, damn. Yeah, 6.5 like million of those were the Soviet Union. That's what I said, the meat grinder. Yeah. That was the Eastern Front where they just, well, they literally just threw troops at Seven the front and line. and a half million people 
died in one operation. And how many were by, how many Soviet troops were by Soviet hands? Uh, less than you might think. Okay. Yeah. Because there's that very famous, uh, I'm sure it was an embellishment of the truth, uh, the uh, enemy at the gates, mm. where they'd send off the Soviet troops and you'd get a gun, I'd get ammo. When yeah. you get killed, I pick up your gun. Yeah. <laughs> and if I, you retreated, the, you also get shot. The officers, the Soviet Union officers at the back of the line would shoot anyone returning. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Even, even the Germans, the Germans suffered quite a lot in mm. the Eastern Front. Like they got cut off, they got surrounded, they got starved. Of their it own. Was freezing. It was yeah. middle of winter as they, well. They thought they were going to go in, win it super fast, and then be in Moscow for winter. That didn't happen. They ended up in just the wasteland that is Russia yeah. in the middle of winter. Um, but- that's enough on sad World War Two. Let's get back to happy fun time World like, this, War Two. This is like two episodes in a row, boy. You've done Russian stories. That's, yeah, it is. Are, I guess. Are you? Are you? Pro-Russia? I feel like are it's you just Russia. Duh. Um, <laughs> I feel. I, I just feel like these sorts of stories are coming to the fore at the moment because of yeah. everything that's going on in the world. Yep. Um, but like you also have to remember that Russia, despite all its faults, has a massive and really good history. Not good, but. A really rich and deep history. That is true. There's a lot of stuff happened there. Um, oh, so there's a lot of stories. Also, is this our one year? No. Oh, all right. Let's cut that out. <laughs> Moving on. The Polish troops were, as I said, being held in Siberia, which is on the far northeastern side of Russia. They would be sent from Siberia through the Middle East and into Egypt. So, like, all the way across Asia I feel like that's such Middle a East. drastic temperature range. Yeah. Like- <laughs> and then into Egypt and then ultimately up to meet the Allies in Italy. While travelling through the mountains of Iran, so they're like halfway through their journey, mm-hmm. the men stopped for a break on the roadside. A young farmer boy came along the path carrying a sack over his shoulder and stopped to speak with the men. The boy was hungry and while the men didn't have much, they scraped together enough food to give the boy a meal. Are you going to tell me he had a baby bear in his sack? He had a baby bear sack. Really? Once he had eaten, the boy was much more open to speaking to the men. And while he did, they noticed the sack the boy was carrying was rustling around. (laughs) When they opened the drawstring on the bag, the head of a Syrian brown bear cub would pop up to say hello. This would be the first time the men would lay eyes on on Wojciech. Wow. So, do you know how he acquired this cub? Did this young boy just happen to wrestle a mother bear and... Stab it in the throat and go, you are mine now. I do know it's the next paragraph. Okay, very good. <laughs> Wojtek was an orphaned bear, and Wojtek is the correct way to pronounce it. Everywhere I've said it before has been wrong. Wojtek. Wojtek. Wojtek was an orphaned bear with his mother having been killed by hunters. The boy had come across him in a field and had made friends with him and taken him along with him. He had become a happy and playful bear during his time with the boy and won the soldiers over with his antics. <laughs> According to the- <laughs> just, got this, just mental image. Happy and playful, playful bear, until he sees the horrors of war. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just, and then he ate a human. Bags, bags <laughs> under his eyes, like that. Just, that really famous picture of like a uh, video of that Native American seeing the rubbish on the side of the road, and he's mm, just crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, arguably much worse. <laughs> yes. According to the author of a book on Voitech, Aileen Orr. The men decided to make an offer to the boy of a bar of chocolate, a Swiss army knife, a tin of corned beef, and a few other things to trade for the bear cub. The boy accepted the offer, and so the Polish 22nd Artillery Supply Company became the proud owners of a bear cub. They decided to name him Wojtek, which is Polish for smiling warrior. (laughs) Now I've got this. I know where this is going. 
like the troops seeing this bear. I know the bear's going to be running in like all fours, but I just got this mental image. He's on his hind legs. He's got like a helmet on. And he's carrying like a bolt action rifle, just roaring as he charges into battle. So you should <laughs> so dumb. You should Google Corporal Wojtek. Yeah, because pretty much every photo of him, he's like sitting on his bum upright. So like his up, like his his front arms are like arms coming yeah, yeah, yeah. out and he's like sitting on his bum with his legs out and he's just like looking around. It, it's so cute. Just this bear <laughs> sitting there on his bum like, hey, what's, what's going on? What's up? Oh, man, that's so cool. What was it like to live with Wojtek? When the soldiers took owner check, owner check? When the soldiers- <laughs> <laughs> You're mixing the name up. This with- mead's getting to me, boy. <laughs> <laughs> You've had like three sips. I've had three sips. It's so delicious. Bree, you should try some. No? You should. It's really good. It's really good. It's really good. Give it a try. Come on. Give it a try. Make your first appearance. I was going to say, this is Bree's debut. <laughs> have, a, have a sip and then tell the people go. what they want to hear. Tell everyone how you think mead tastes. It is mead. <laughs> was that? What was that? What was that reaction? Oh, all right. Don't get on the mic. Yeah, you said be- ew. <laughs> Not a fan. I can't believe it. It's, it's delicious. It's so good. I recommend anyone listening, go buy yourself a bottle of yeah. mead and give it a go. What was the brand again? It was Maxwell Honeymead. That's it. Maxwell. It's kind of taken over the show. Anyway, the official that, that, mead of the show. Let's, uh, oh yeah, sponsorship. That's, well, uh, they're not Mac- paying us to no. talk this much about mead. No, but <laughs> it's just that good. If you happen to listen to it and you know someone who works for Maxwell wineries or distilleries, whatever. Whatever Maxwell Honeymead is, tell them we want their money. Um, I want their meat. <laughs> Back to Corporal Wojtek. When the soldiers took ownership of Wojtek, two soldiers were assigned as his primary caretakers. Now, I'm going to get these names wrong, but it is Dmitry Zvalugo and Henrik Zakarowitz. Henrik formed a particularly close bond with Wojtek and can be seen in many of the images of the bear you find online. Wojtek was said to spend most nights sleeping in Henrik's tent, right beside his best buddy. Wait, that's a, that's a cuddly... That's a teddy bear. Like, yeah. You know, sleep with a teddy bear. Damn. And have you seen a bear cub? They are one of the most adorable things in the world. He's still a cub at the time. I'm just- Yeah, I'm he's pi- still a cub. I'm picturing it when it's fully grown. Like He did get fully grown and still sleep in the tent with him. Um, what'd you say? Well, he wasn't Siberian. It was a- Syrian. Sy- Syrian. I don't know how big a Syrian brown Syrian bear Syrian bears get to four and a half feet tail to snout, six feet tall if they stand on their back legs, mm-hmm. and they can get up to 500 pounds, that's, that's, which is like 300 kilos. That's a big boy. It's <laughs> a big boy. Um, he wasn't the only one, Henrik, that is, to enjoy time with the bear, though. As one story goes that while Wojtek was still young, he became spooked by birds circling overhead. Oh, I know, it's so adorable. Aww. Wojtek would run directly into a sergeant during morning inspections. Despite concerns that he would be upset with the men hiding a bear, he was won over by the cute little bear cub in a heartbeat. Aww. Another story goes that when a major, Major Chelminski, uh, met the bear, he, quote, was very taken by the chap and for several weeks even let him sleep overnight in a portable wash basin. Chelminski had found that the bear was amazing for morale and would be valuable to the company. Isn't it just adorable? It's so cool. <laughs> they just got this little bear running around. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, they're in the middle of a war, but- Not at this point. They're oh, still really? like traveling to Egypt. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're still- yeah. Um, They're es- not quite es- at war yet. So they're still escorting the Polish prisoners. They are the Polish prisoners. Oh, right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Remember they were in the war, they were in the prisoner of war camp okay. and then 
I thought Stalin's these- like, oh boy, let's beat those Hitler's boys. Oh, okay. I thought these were Russian yeah. troops, but they're Polish. No. So he he essentially went, all the people that we had prisoner, let's just release them and let them fight. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, um, I know at our local military um, base, base, <laughs> they have uh, the army section there has camel mascots and they tend to get them out and mm. walk them around the, the base quite often. When first with the soldiers, they would feed him milk from an old vodka bottle. But as he got older, it got a little harder to feed him. Brown bears in the wild eat fruits, berries, seeds, plants, grasses, nuts, grubs, and small mammals. Fish? No. No. Grizzlies. The military did not have these foods in stock, so they would feed him just about anything they had, and he was said to not be very picky. As he got older, he became more bold with his eating habits and would be known to raid the cookhouse each day for whatever he could scrape up. What a cheeky little boy. <laughs> it is pretty cheeky. He said It's said that part of his daily routine would be to leave the tent of Henrik, walk around the camp for a while saying hello to the other men, and then go to the cookhouse for a meal of cereal, milk, bread, and marmalade. On one night- It's Paddington. Yeah, it is Paddington. <laughs> on one night, the men were having their Christmas party, and Wojtek was, of course, invited. He would sneak away from the party, though, and raid the food stores, leaving a hell of a mess for the men to clean up. Oh, no. So he just got in there and started tearing everything apart. Merry Christmas, yeah. Wojtek. <laughs> he did, however, get some healthy fruits by chasing the oranges the men would use for grenade training. <laughs> it, it was- <laughs> that could go really bad with they yeah. find combat. <laughs> they chuck a grenade, off goes Wojtek, he brings the grenade oh. back. <laughs> or just, yeah, eats it. It was pretty regular to see the bear. Uh, sorry, it was a pretty regular. It was a pretty regular sight to see the men throwing orange grenades, only to have the big brown bear chase after them for a sweet little snack. Oh wow, that's funny. When he wasn't scrounging for food and the men had nothing to do, they would often be found having boxing and wrestling matches with Wojtek. That's right, the men would fight a freaking bear, and he would fight back. And I bet you he loved it. Oh yeah. It's said that Wojtek would roar with delight while he slapped around the soldiers. <laughs> and while you might not believe it, the only injuries anyone would ever get would be light scratches and torn clothes. Oh, what a good boy. Yeah, so he's, he's, he is holding his punches a little bit. Mm. But can you imagine just like oh. walking into this camp and you just hear this bear roaring. You're like, what is going on? He's you come around the corner. Slapping a troop. And just like, guy. oh my God, the bear's just killed a man. The guy's like, no, nah, I'm okay. Just he just playing. gets up laughing. I also had the funny image of they're in combat. They've run out of ammo. They're pinned down. What do we do? Start throwing oranges at the yeah. Germans. <laughs> what? Wojtek just gets them. He just charges. Rips I them do up. love the idea that they've run out of like ammunition and grenades and stuff, but they do still have a bag of oranges. <laughs> <laughs> and a bag. I knew it was good to have this bag of oranges. <laughs> Alongside the rest. All that practice is coming <laughs> handy. <laughs> Alongside the wrestling, the men would teach Wojtek to lift new recruits up by the ankles and hang them in the air, leaving them terrified that they were about to be eaten. I have is to say- a, Is that a hazing technique? Were they hazing new tr- like recruits? It, yes. <laughs> I have to say, I, I don't really blame them for being terrified. I would absolutely be shooting brown oh. bullets into me undies. <laughs> have, you, have you seen Jackass 4.5? No. It's on Netflix. Um, go check it out. I haven't finished watching it yet. Uh, there is a sequence. Can you not like, yeah, okay. move the microphone I'm sorry. while you talk? <laughs> sorry. Do we want me to do that again? Yes. Have you seen Jackass 
4.5. I have not. No, it's on Netflix um, at the moment if you want to go watch it. There is a sequence where it's, it's Aaron, I think, is one of the original guys. They lock him in a room and they're like, oh, uh, you're allergic to bees, right? And he's like, yeah. And they like tip honey on him. Back to honey. They tip honey on him. And he's like, oh, what? what, what? Thinking that they're going to let bees in. And then they like chuck salmon into his pants oh. and then they just let in this black bear oh. and this black bear's just all over him and just like licking the honey and scratching at his pants oh. trying to get the salmon that, I can't imagine terrifying freak me out more <laughs> terrifying because like you said they're strong yeah like he might only been four foot tall yeah on his all but fours but it's still a freaking bear still a freaking bear yeah 220 kilos of muscle <clears throat> yeah Another trait of the men that Wojtek would pick up would be a love for the hum- uh, for human vices, specifically alcohol and cigarettes. Oh, that's the photo I found before. Yep. Wojtek was known to be a heavy drinker, just like <laughs> many of the men, and would particularly love his beer and vodka. They drank beer? What kind of beer? Do we need to mark out to that company? And- <laughs> I don't know if there was a specific brand oh, okay. that, that I could find. Alongside his drinking habit, Wojtek had a smoking habit, but not- how does a bear smoke? Not in the usual way. Okay. Wojtek was known to request cigarettes from the men, lit, that he would take a single puff on before eating them still lit. <laughs> yes. He was said to know the difference between a lit cigarette and a non-lit and would spit out the non-lit cigarettes in disgust. Wow. Yeah. So he would actually puff on them first. He'd just like... Oh. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, smoking's bad, by the way. Don't do it. Yes, even if you are a bear, smoking is bad. Yeah, and if you're smoking now, you should quit. You'll love it. It's much cheaper. (laughs) It wasn't all fun and games, though, and Wojtek would have a real impact on the security of the camp. There are two versions of the story uh, that I'm about to tell, so I'll just tell both. One's the troops version, one's Wojtek's version. (laughs) 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 The first is that one- Oh, man, we meet up to meet more often. (laughs) We need to meet up. The first is that one night a thief came into the camp looking for something to steal. <laughs> Meet up. Oh, I just love it because it's, you know, like how much you buy the suit yeah. up. Yeah. Meet up. Meet up. Unfortunately for the thief, he would wake up Wojtek, who came wandering out to see what was going on. Understandably, the, <laughs> the thief, thief got scared. He shat himself <laughs> and made so much noise trying to run away that he woke up the rest of the men who would detain him. In the other version of the story, Wojtek was known for breaking into the showers and having a nice long shower. Which <laughs> God, the bears having a shower. The, so this part is true, hundred percent. He would he, he, he would turn he would the showers in, on. He worked out how to turn the showers on, and he would just sit in there like drinking and getting in the shower, and getting all wet. <laughs> He's a party bear. Yeah. So yeah, he was known for breaking into these showers, and while adorable, that would waste quite a lot of the valuable water in the camp. So quite often they'd end up on water rations because Wojtek had just showered it away. <laughs> He's had a half hour shower. Yeah. One day, though, Wojtek would break into the showers and find an Arab spy who had been hiding in the camp gathering intel ahead of a planned raid on the camp. After a few minutes of fright from being trapped with a literal bear, he was more than willing to give up the names of his co-conspirators along with their plans, which would essentially stop the raid altogether. He's a war hero too. Oh, you don't know the half of it. Oh, okay. Whichever version is true, the reward Wojtek was given was the same. Sweet meats, beer, and an extended shower. Did you say sweet meats? Sweet meats. Ah, meats, okay. Mm. I'm sure he could have had some meat, but what a relaxing afternoon for a brown bear. Yeah. He did a good job. He was a good boy. Good boy. 
Another story of Wojtek says that as the men were driving along an Italian coastline, Wojtek wanted to have some fun. He would jump out of the vehicle and start running towards the beach, where some unfortunate Italian women were bathing. (laughs) Understandably, the women seemed shocked that a bear was running towards them. And so in what must have been the most ineffective comfort ever, one of the men would yell to the women, Girls, don't be afraid. This bear is good. (laughs) (laughs) Just another example of Wojtek making an unsuspecting person Jackson Pollock's their pants. His bear is good. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine just like a bear's running at you and someone's like, oh, don't worry, he's good. He's a good bear. He's all right. He's He's a good bear. He's he's not kill you. No, he's good bear. He (laughs) might give you a hug, but he's a good bear. (laughs) So good. He he cuddly. Be cuddly toy. Good bear. Just cuddle. (laughs) Cuddle, no scratch. Unless you have orange. (laughs) (laughs) Throw orange. A couple times, Wojtek met other animals. Surprisingly, Wojtek was not the only bear that happened to be owned by a member of the Polish army. There was also an infantry battalion that was gifted a bear by the Shah of Iran. This bear was called Mikhail, but was not like Wojtek. Was he a bad bear? He was a bit of an asshole of a bear, (laughs) known for his vicious temperament. When the two happened to meet in Iraq in September of 1943- Sounds like a normal temperament for a bear. (laughs) Yeah. When the pair met in September of 1943 in Iraq, Mikhail was said to go into a berserker rage, and within moments, the bears were in a full-on, knock-down, drag-em-out fight. The bears were said to be slashing at each other with their claws, giving each other murderous bear hugs, and trying to rip out each other's throat with their fangs. Despite his tender temperament, when the fight was over, it was clear that Wojtek had won. Wow. Nearly snapping Mikhail's neck. Whoa. Don't mess with Wojtek. No. He good good boy, but he- He'd be nasty if he needed to be. Mikhail ended up in a zoo. What type of bear was Mikhail? Does it say? I think it was just a another brown bear. Okay. Or maybe a black bear. I don't know. There's, there's like no information about Mikhail. Sure. Which is super weird because he's just another bear. Mm. But yeah. So yeah, don't mess with Wojtek. No. Unless, of course, you're a scorpion. While Wojtek was never hurt by a bullet or shrapnel, he came face to face with a scorpion and it stung him right on the nose. Aww. This was usually fatal for most animals and Henrik, his good buddy, was beside himself with worry for his bear friend. For the first day and a half, it wasn't looking good and while Henrik was doing everything he could to care for him, the soldiers thought he was done for. He was in the nurse station. What do they call that? Aid station? He was in the medic's tent. Yeah, okay. Um, and yeah, they were treating him like he was a person, mm. like giving him the same treatment so he was a person. Yeah. Somehow though, Wojtek would overcome even this challenge. Strong boy. And within days would make a stunning recovery to be back to his usual playful self. What a guy. I'm just trying to think of puns. <laughs> <laughs> I say the uh, nurse's station would have made it bearable for him. Moving on. Wojtek's <laughs> official military career. While Wojtek had been with the soldiers for some time now, he was considered by most to be nothing more than a mascot. And so, as the men were boarding a vessel to travel from Egypt to Naples in Italy, Wojtek was denied boarding the vessel, as only soldiers were allowed on the ship. No mascots. Thinking on their feet... Oh, it's only the bare necessities. Necessity. Bare necessities? Thank you. It's only yeah. the bare necessities they needed. <laughs> now the maid's getting you. 
Thinking on their feet, the men decided that they would issue him with a service number, paycheck, and the rank of private. Oh, well done. This would ensure he was forever known as a Polish soldier and would be able to travel with them, despite protest, as an official soldier. Mm-hmm. From here... Wojtek would travel with the army to the battlefront in Italy at a series of fortifications called the Winter Line. The Allies had determined that the best point to break through the line in order to get to Rome was at a rocky hill known as Monte Cassino. There was an abbey-turned-stronghold on top of the hill. This stronghold would take three attempts to overcome, and during one of the attacks, Wojtek's company would serve. While Wojtek and his friend Heinrich would be split up with Heinrich going to the front, Wojtek would stay behind with the men who armed and manned the guns. While with the men, Wojtek would see the men loading the guns and carrying ammunition crates from storage to the guns. Obviously not wanting to sit by doing nothing, Wojtek would mimic the men and would begin carrying crates and ammunition to the artillery alongside the soldiers. Wow. Yeah. Wow. While the men Wojtek served with back up this story and say it wasn't a one-time thing, they were quoted as saying, Usually he was a lazy thing and looked for the empty boxes to carry. At Casino, he carried the full ones. So just another story of him being a little cheeky boy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just understanding the situation too. Yeah. So he would like, he he eventually just started walking up and like holding his arms out and they would load things into his arms and he would just turn around and walk over to where it was where it had to go <laughs> and dunk it down and then walk back and get more. That's crazy. Yeah. And that, that would have been good for them too because he could probably take more than... They would eventually win the battle, and it's estimated that Wojtek's company supplied 17,300 tonnes of ammunition, 1,200 tonnes of fuel, and 1,100 tonnes of food for the Polish and British troops. So that's a lot of stuff to carry. Yeah. In recognition of his service, Wojtek would be promoted to corporal, and for the impact he had on the company's morale, the Polish 22nd Artillery Supply Company would change their official seal to be an image of Wojtek carrying an artillery shell in his arms. Yeah. Check out our social media pages for an image of this uh, because it is goddamn adorable. And is you it? need to see it. Okay. Yeah. It's this little animation, like this little drawing yep. of a bear carrying a shell. And he's just like, Rrr! and they've got it like on their vehicles and stuff. Awesome. And yeah. I think to this day, it's still used for that company. Voitex retirement. After the war, there was obviously not as much army activity going on. And so the company would be reassigned to a rural Scottish airfield. As the army wound down, the men that Wojtek had battled side by side with were one by one reassigned or sent home, and they would slowly say their goodbyes to the big bear. Wojtek was still a famous little fellow though, and he became a local celebrity in the Scottish community. He would spend the first days of his retirement attending parties and would be a guest at <laughs> children's parties. So you imagine that, that could go wrong. <laughs> but you imagine you're like, hey, do you want to go to like Jim Bob's party? Jim Bob. Yeah, very Scottish name. Very Scottish name. Yeah, do you want to go to Jim McBobberson's party up the road? And you're like, yeah, okay. And you rock up and there's, there's a, a bear, bear just like <laughs> drinking and smoking. and <laughs> Carrying stuff. Yeah. Eventually, he was moved to Edinburgh Zoo in 1947. He would be visited by his fellow soldiers from time to time. He never lost his love of all the things he had learned in the army. And according to a quote from one soldier, as soon as I mentioned his name, he would sit on his backside and shake his head, wanting a cigarette. <laughs> it wasn't uncommon as well for the Polish soldiers to just jump in and start playing with him. And everyone watching oh, would be in like- In the zoo. Yeah. yeah everyone watching would be out. like, oh! <laughs> They're in the bear cage. Yeah. yeah. Also, imagine he's just like, oh, cigarette, please. It's been 20 years. <laughs> yeah, <just> addiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. To end his story, 
Wojtek would pass away at the age of 22 in 1963. Is that old for a beer? I think it's about average. Okay. Unfortunately, it seems those cigarettes would come back to bite him. Oh, and lung cancer. As his death was partially due to damage in his esophagus uh, caused by all those lit, lit cigarettes, cigarettes he ate. <laughs> the Polish love for Wojtek hasn't ended, though. As in November of 2011, Wojtek's memory was honoured with a parade in Poland, obviously. And of course, we're talking about him now, 80 years on from his time in the spotlight. What I wouldn't give to share a beer or a mead with one of history's most amazing animals. I would also like to share a... How fun! A drink with a bear. How fun would it be? Oh, that'd be so cool. You're just sitting there having a beer and you just hear this bear like... Come on, mate, let's go have a wrestle. (laughs) A wrestle. (laughs) Wrestle me, boy. (laughs) Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, so that is the end of the... Corporal Voitech story. Yeah, in the start, you said the enemy troops. Yeah, would you didn't really cover any like enemy. Yeah, because there's di- no direct enemy engagements. There's no he. He never <laughs> like he never actually went to the front. Okay, fair enough. He was always like in the supply lines and um, in that sort of background role. Um, but whenever he did happen to come across soldiers, they would just and run away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the 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 spy or the thief. Yeah. That's- that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. What a fun I, little I story. I love that story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, people, talk, people talk about how did he end up being like this massive deal still to this day in Poland. Um, and a lot of people say it's because Wojtek's story kind of follows the soldier's story. You know, they were taken from mm. their home. Most of their families killed or they didn't know anything about where they were or what they were doing. Wojtek was also an orphan. Yep. He was found sort of in, you know, disarray. Um, and so, like, they kind of follow each other's story. Yeah. And he's like this big uplifting, like, yeah, symbol. Yeah, they for both what, went on this journey together. and Yeah, and he became sort over, of a symbol yeah. of, like, Poland. You know? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so good stuff. That's so cool. Hmm. I love that story. That's That's very cool. It's really fun. Yeah. And like, even though it's World War II, it's just a little happy fun story. It is a little happy fun story through it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. I, I just love all the, like the human traits he kind of picked up. The the beer drinking, the showering, and smoking. Yeah. and It's just like so cheeky. Yeah. Like, I'm going to chase those oranges and eat them. I'm going to break <laughs> into the cookhouse and eat all the food. I'm going to have for a shower. I'm going to go for an extended shower and use yeah. up all the water. I'm going to drink beer. It's so just funny. Fun little things that a bear does. So, boy, that is the story of Wojtek, yeah. which I love, but it is a little bit short. Okay. And I do have a second story that I've been holding on to, but haven't read a, written a script for, um, and it is a lot shorter. Um, but I would like to add on to this by telling you the story. Bonus tale. Bonus tale. So, this is the story of the crash at Crush. Have you heard of this? No. So, in like the early. 19th 1900s um it was like rail travel was a big thing right um but there was a rail company in america that was like we need to promote our trains a little bit more um so how do we do that and they said well what we could do is we could get two trains and just crash them into get like into each other and get people to come Pay to come to the event. So like, <laughs> I thought you were going to say pay to get on the trains. No. <laughs> so they got people to pay to get on special trains to get delivered to the location. Yes. 
Um, then they had like food vendors and stuff and they were like sponsoring, people were sponsoring the trains and they were like, hey, this will be a great event. When did this occur? Uh, let me just quickly look that up. Pre-Mythbusters, I'm going to assume. Yes. So it happened in Texas in 1896. So it was not the early 1900s. It was the late 1800s. Right. So it's a long time ago. Yeah. I was going to say they took the math problem and made it a reality. You know, <laughs> Two like trains the- heading on the yeah, same line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they set up like a line of, uh, like a, a mm-hmm. piece of track. They got these two trains. They'd be steam engines. They were steam engines. Yes. Um, so they didn't charge admission to the event, but they did charge train fares to get there. Um, and they got to the location, which was called Crush, hence Crash at Crush. Mm-hmm. Um, and they set up all these food things. An estimated 40,000 people more people than lived in the state's second largest city at the time attended this event. And the, the only way you could get there was by train? Yeah. So you had to get on the trains to get. It was right. like a temporary town they set up. That's just a in the middle smart of marketing ploy. Yeah. Um, so they got these two trains. They put a whole bunch of marketing on them. Um, everyone showed up. They said, all right, you guys need to be a certain distance away. Um, so they staged a speed test to uh, help predict where it was going to be. And they said, all right, it's going to be here. And they said, all right, you need to keep the public 200 yards away. That is the minimum distance they need to be away. But they let the press get within 100 yards. So the press are a little bit closer. Um, So on the day, they get the trains. They get them to come like face to face. They take Mm -hmm. some photos. They're like, oh, you know, this is great. Here's our trains. They're about to crash. The face-off, the press conference face-off with the two trains. So they get them to face-off. Bit of push and shove before the main event. Yeah. <laughs> they had to delay the crash by an hour because the crowd kept resisting and pressing, ba- and the police were like, "No, get back, get back." At five p.m., the two trains with a couple of train uh, like carriages behind them got rolled to their starting positions. The people running the trains got in, started them off, got them going, set them to full out. speed, jumped out while they were moving. Yes, very so western, nice, very western. They got to about 45 miles an hour each, so that's 72 kilometers an hour. And when they met at the uh, at the middle, people thought they were probably going a bit faster than they thought they might be. Trains hit each other. Great. Then the boilers exploded. Oh, no. So there's a massive explosion. It's pressurized steam and yeah. the coal fire is very hot. Splinters go everywhere. Bits of the trains go everywhere. There's bits of iron flying around. There's bits of steel flying around. Debris was flown hundreds of meters into the air, hundreds of feet into the air. And then the crowd starts freaking out. Bits of the train start falling into the crowd, uh-huh. killing two people, seriously injuring Whoa. six. <laughs> yeah. A photographer lost an eye Whoa. To, to a flying bolt. What? Yeah. <laughs> so even though they thought they were safe, no, no, no. Bits of the trains are like landing in the yeah. crowd. The story makes national headlines. Any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. The person who organized it fired. <laughs> um, but he got hired the next day until his retirement. So they're like, you're fired. The next day, like, nah, not really. Come back. I mean, you did just get 40,000 ticket sales. <laughs> <laughs> there were several lawsuits from the victims' families that got uh, settled outside of yeah, court. Two people died. Whoa. Yeah, they gave them. They gave these people cash and lifetime rail passes. Oh, yeah, I was going to say lifetime rail passes. Yeah, because that's handy now, isn't it? <laughs> the well, I assume it's the families. Yeah. The photographer that lost his eye got ten thousand dollars. 
That is the equivalent to three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in twenty twenty-one. It's not too bad. And despite the fact that this was a massive tragedy that killed two people and maimed six others, the rail line company benefited from it, uh, and they got international recognition, and people started travelling on the trains a lot more. Uh, and then after that, many railroads continued to do exactly the same thing. Crash trains to each other. Yep, it okay. became like a thing that they would just have train crashes. Wow. Yeah, um, and now there is a historical marker on the site. Cool. Yeah, so that is the crash at Crush, a little bonus tale that I've been wanting to tell you, but it doesn't have enough info for a whole episode. That was kind of like one of the uh, ideas we had. We were going to do like an episode where we do like two-minute tales. Two-minute tales. We do like 22-minute tales in yeah. one episode or something like that. Yeah, well, I just took one of them. I think maybe two minutes might be too short, maybe five-minute mm-hmm. tales. We do like 10, 10 topics for one, like a special episode or something. Yeah. Yeah. That might be all right. Because there are a lot of shorter stories out there, like shorter tales out there that aren't yeah. necessarily enough info for a full. Well, the crash at Crush kind of reminds me of Balloon Fest, where they're like, let's yeah. do this big spectacle. Oh, oh, oh whoops, we, we killed, killed two people. people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do love the idea that they're like, no, get back to 200 meters. You get you get back there right now. It's so unsafe. Uh, up. Oh, oh, we killed them anyway. I bet you they really didn't expect the boilers to explode there because that's like there's a lot of pressure in that. Like, yeah. Well, the worst bit is they hit each other and everyone's like, "Oh wow, that was a good that was a good crash." And everyone sort of relaxes and then oh, boom. It, <laughs> right. So they hit and then everything had settled. Yeah. Then the boilers exploded. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. So everyone sort of settled. Like photographers start moving in stuff mm-hmm. like that, and then whoop, yeah. Anyway, oh, cool. Little bonus tale. Little bonus tale. Not after, related to Voitech at no. all. No. After a wonderful story from Wojtek. Yeah, so a little happy tale, a little um, sad tale. The Wojtek story reminds me of, I'm going to be like called un-Australian for not remembering, but our Anzac. Simpson and his donkey? Yeah, Simpson and yeah. his donkey at uh, Anzac Cove. Yeah. Kind of, a little bit different, but still an animal. I should have told Simpson and his donkey as the As the bonus tale. tale, yeah. Oh, well, you get the train crash one. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Make your own podcast. Yeah, I, I might do a train um Podcast, and then I'll have Simpson and his donkeys, the bonus tale at the end of it. You do a train podcast, Ben will be all over it. I mean, like a, a cheeky tale. Yeah, yeah. About a train. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I imagine you doing a full podcast on trains. I probably could. John's Rail Chat. Um, chugga, 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 chugga. What would chugga, it be called? Podcast. Riding them rails. I was going to say something to do with rails, maybe like. Get railed. That's that's not a bad name. Get yes, railed. it is. It's a terrible name. No, get railed's an awesome <laughs> name. It's all about like train disasters and train things like that. That's get railed's amazing. You know what railed is, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, you can make it get railed. All right, well, um, that wraps up our evening, boy. Um, Voitech and Thanks, the boy. little bonus tale. Thanks for the uh, cutesy cheeky tale. Yeah, again, Voitech. if. If you haven't already got our podcast social media pages uh, at Cheeky Tales Pod, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, go there this week for cute bear there photos. There will be adorable bear photos. Um, and yeah, you need to get on there and have a look at them because this bear, you need to get a picture of him in your head. He's so adorable. For a bear. Yeah. There'll be little cutesy photos of little baby Voitek. Anyway, um, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you very much for listening to the end. Um, we hope that you can share it with a friend. Uh, for everyone, I just want to say, take a moment for everyone who has shared our podcast. I want to thank you very much for um, sharing it and getting other people to listen and yeah. sharing what we do because we we enjoy doing this um, as much as it is when it comes to writing a script. You're just like, Ugh, it's a bit of a slog sometimes. Yeah. Uh, we do enjoy making this podcast 
for you and we love hearing your feedback. So thank you again for sharing it. Thank you for everyone who's left us feedback. Um, the uh, For context, the last fortnight has been fantastic for listens. Um, we've had about a quarter of our total listens in the last fortnight. So we're really thankful for you guys and we're really thankful for everyone that shares it. Um, and boy, I love telling these stories to you. And I love spending this time just having a little laugh. Mm, I, do, I do as well. Mm. So yeah, um, share it with, you, with your friends if you can. Um, we would love to have more people join the little family that we've developed. Oh, a little family. Yeah, little, little, little bear little family. Void, yeah, Voidcheck family. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit lame. Uh, the little community we've got. Um, but yeah, uh, hit us up on Cheeky Tales Pod, uh, at Cheeky Tales Pod, that is, on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and yeah, leave a review if you can on the podcast app of your choice because that will help other people find us as well. Final thoughts on mead? Delicious. It I is. want some more. I might actually go pour myself another glass. <laughs> I can't because I have to drive home, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyone that works with me, uh, you'll know which day it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I want to go have some mead. So let's wrap this up. Maxwell, if you're listening, um, we are open for sponsorships. So. Yeah. The official drink of the Cheeky Tales podcast is now. I will take. Maxwell Honey A mead. case of mead, whatever you want to give us. I'll take cold hard cash. <laughs> And some mead. <laughs> I'll shill. I think I think this is, might be the only legitimate serious one we're actually asking for. <laughs> Look, We've done honestly, like Alan's lollies and stuff like that, but Maxwell Honeymead. Uh, Maxwell Honeymead. Um, you haven't paid us yet, but I do recommend for everyone to go hey, boy, and give it a try. Boy, I got the need. I got the, the need, need for mead. mead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. No, that's it. We don't no, get no, better. No, cut it there. We no, don't get no, better than that. That's it. Good night, everyone. Good night. I'm going. Oh, I'm an audio engineer now. That is how you do it. Let me um, try that again. I'm an audio engineer now. I said it much more clearer that time. I just went, I'm an audio engineer. Don't be like- To be honest, the- Don't be making fun of people. I'm that's not, not making fun of people. Okay. That's a South Park reference, you cretin. I don't watch South Park. Well, that's- uh, I used to. Little bit. Little bit.